Happy New Year! Welcome to 2018 here on the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. I am Chip Patterson. Kyle is right there. Kyle, Happy New Year. How you doing? I'm good, Chip. Uh, college football is over, uh, so it's it's officially golf season for the next 11 and a half months. <laughs> right. Um, thank I'm, you. I'm excited, though. Thank it, you for was... stepping aside for uh, just a few short weeks so that we could get the college football <laughs> playoff out of the way. It, it was it was fun to watch uh, Tournament of Champions. You know, I, I joked with, or I think I said this on Twitter, but um, in December, you're like, I literally never want to see anybody hit another golf shot again in my life. Like, I don't want to see Jordan Spieth hit one. I don't want to hit one myself. I don't want to have anything to do with it. And then, and then by, by like January 4th, you're like, oh, Tournament of Champions is awesome. <laughs> this, this, this scenery is awesome. Why, can't, why is this tournament not eight rounds long? Let's do this. I'm in. Um, all right, so we are going to take a look back at Tournament of Champions, and then, of course, the second part of the Hawaii leg, the Sony Open, which will be coming up. We'll be getting Kyle's picks from that later in the show. Uh, I, I do love, uh, you You mentioned this in, in your picks post on CBSSports.com, but it is really nice, and like since it's 2018, I'm going to assume that m- many sports fans have some kind of HD situation, but like if it's really cold outside, and goodness knows that there's been it's been really cold across the country, but yep. to just to just sort of close your eyes and imagine that you're sitting there with this beautiful golf course in the middle of Hawaii, it's a it's a nice little therapeutic experience in early January. It is great. Um, both, I mean, the 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 tournament champions course and the Sunny Open course are are so different. Um, and the, the, uh, the theatrics are a little much like the, you know, like the, the add-ons for the, for the broadcast are a little bit much sometimes, but oh, like the, the packages the, that they go to in yeah, between shots. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I've seen enough Smiley Kaufman in the kayak. Like I, I get it. Like he was in a kayak <laughs> and he lost his phone and whatever. But yeah, I mean the, the whole West coast in, in addition to the Hawaii is, uh, is, is great. It's great for, for viewing, and yeah, you don't, it's not like I'm trying to be outside right now. So it's, it's good, good golf watching this time of year. Uh, if you've clicked on the episode though, you know, that the, the, the big thing that we're excited about right now is getting into, uh, Kyle's bold predictions for 2018. They're bold. They're spicy. They're sponsored by, uh, a company that is yet to send us free samples of their spicy foods. So you know where to hit us <laughs> up if you want to, um, and I, I, I got a couple different angles that uh, we want. I want to definitely pull out of your list, and you can find this on CBSSports.com, which includes predicting the top ten world rankings for the end of the year, which I thought was a very fun addition uh, to the to uh, the package. So, got to got to dive right in. You think Tiger gets the W, right? Uh, I feel the worst about that prediction. It, it, it's funny because. As you as you go through these, uh, you kind of do them one by one, and you you feel good about them, right? You're like, oh yeah, I'm I'm in on that. I believe in that. And then the second you turn it in, you're like, oh my gosh, these are all horrible. Like these, <laughs> not, none of none of this is gonna happen. And then if like one person says one negative thing about any of them, you're like, I'm I'm an idiot. Like I I gotta change everything. Can I change this? Can I edit this? Um. So I I I just. I don't know. I, I'm kind of putting it out there because I feel like I kind of want to go the other way on Tiger. I feel like everybody's like preaching, be cautious, be cautious, be cautious, you know, take it with a grain of salt, whatever. And I'm like, why don't let's just go all in. 
let's just be all in on this. There's an argument to be made. I think um, Andy over at the Fried Egg made this with Adam Sarson and Brendan Porath that Tiger's not been healthy since 2013. And in 2013, when he was healthy, he won five times. So if he's healthy in 2018, why couldn't he win once? You know, I, I think that's a legitimate argument. Uh, the problem is, where is this going to happen? Because and who's he going to beat along the way to be able to get it? Like in, on a, on what you're expecting to be a shortened schedule, you know, yeah. like where where is the W going to come? And when it comes to uh, Saturday and Sunday, you know, think about the competition. Who's he going to be able to play better than over that streak of time in those tournaments? Right, because... It, it, Automatic. I mean, he's ranked 650th in the world, so he he doesn't get in the WGCs. Uh, I don't think he's I don't think he's in the players. There, there's a number of tournaments that he usually plays and plays well at. I mean, he's won 18 WGCs, so th- those are obviously tournaments that he's that he's performed well at in the past. That he's not even going to have the opportunity to play. So, is he going to win a major? That's kind of hard to see. Is he going to win the first time out at Torrey Pines? Uh, that's that's kind of hard to see. So you're kind of left with like I don't know three tournaments that he could win. Right. Uh, Riv- I mean, he could re- win at Riviera, I guess, but that's his second time out. Uh, it's just you, you do get into this kind of numbers game of well, what exactly tournament is he gonna is he gonna take the trophy at? So I don't know. I'm putting it out there. I'll stand by it until the end of the year. But uh, it's probably the one that I feel the least good about. I like uh, I like the fact that. The positive, fun thing, which would be Tiger winning, Tiger playing well, if that has become contrarian, well, goodness gracious, Kyle, I'm in your camp. Because, you know, it's just like, it's on brand for me to root for fun. Like, I'm ultimately in this for the fun, for the enjoyable viewing experience, for the enjoyable rooting experience. Uh, I like like that play, uh, you know, because you're right. I mean, what... Every every golf uh, op- every golf opinionator, you know, all the take smiths out there, you gotta you gotta come up with with a side on Tiger, right? There's there's no way that you can call yourself a professional take smith and just be wishy washy <laughs> on it. And I love the fact that you are going both contrarian and fun. That's like the quadrant of my uh, matrix that I, I prefer to exist. So I'm I'm on board. Consider me 100% in your camp. And when it comes to looking at it, I was going to ask you, so is it, like, would he play Byron Nelson or Dean and DeLuca? Uh, no, uh, I, I don't, I don't think. I, I, I laid out what tournaments I think he's going to play. It, I, I think that, I mean, he's, he's probably going to play Honda and Arnold Palmer. Um, those are, I mean, Arnold Palmer is probably one that you would circle just because he's won there so many times. Uh, the, the national is interesting. The tournament that his foundation hosts that currently doesn't have a sponsor. I, I don't think it has a course either, which is not great. No, you're right. Uh, it's, that, it does not. <laughs> that's in, uh, I think that's in July, June or July. It's that ju- so, June 28th to July 1st. So that's one that you're like, okay, that might have a lesser field than some of the others. Um, that, that depending on the course, I guess that could be one that he wins. Uh, and then, you know, if he gets into the into the FedEx Cup playoffs, you know, anything can happen once you get to those final four events. So I, I think those would kind of be the one. I, I don't know. Maybe he plays the John Deere. How cool would that be? Or maybe he plays the Wyndham again. Um, or the Barbasol I, I while everyone else is at the British. Or does he get into the British Open? 
Nah, he's in. Okay. He's in until he's sixty. The only one that that comes up is uh, U.S. Open next year, but he's going to get exemptions if he's still playing at that time. Uh, I was just feeling like in my head, I was like, when would this be? And and I was just thinking that uh, somewhere around that uh, that post Masters late May kind of run, I was like, I could see him sneaking in and uh, and maybe maybe winning one of those like. When when golf really when golf really starts to grip me right in the, right in the heart of the as the summer's kicking off after the Masters because we've talked to that about that before the, the the little bit of a layoff like the Masters comes and then you're like <sighs> for a little bit yeah totally and I I hope that this I hope that what happens this year him not being in the WGCs and the players forces him to play tournaments that he wouldn't otherwise play like i want to see tiger at uh i don't know the rbc heritage the valspar you know how, how cool would that be to see him play the valspar championship i think rory's playing it this year so rory and tiger at the valspar speeth at, at all three of those guys at the valspar It'd be awesome i'm in that'd be yeah, fantastic yeah, that would be fantastic um and, and to see him again the john deere uh i don't know just different different tournaments uh where we don't usually see him i think he wants to play a lot and if that's true and he doesn't have these wgc's to play in then why not just go play him Bring, hey, come to dallas tiger let's go greenbrier is beautiful in july he did play greenbrier a couple years ago didn't he before the open it's uh i well, think he did so he could he so that would be uh the national greenbrier and john deere all in a row leading up to uh carnoustie that would be awesome. Would you who if he played the Zurich the team event? Who would you want to see him paired with? Mm, JT or <laughs> um, that would be awesome. Yeah, I, th- I think I think JT. I wish he would. He would. JT uh, won't play the Zurich though, right? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I wish don't. he would go somebody just completely random, like the Purple Mamba, JJ Henry. <laughs> I was trying to come up with the like, who who would be the um, who is there anybody who who's the next best Stanford player that's out there? Let me take it. Collegiate. Well, the Mav Maverick McNeely. Mm. Um, but that wouldn't. I, I don't know. I don't know if he has PGA Tour status. I think I think Tiger and Pat Perez would be fun as hell. Well, I mean, wouldn't that be the like? That would be that one of them walks off the course by the end of the by the end of the championship. <laughs> like one of them ticks off the other, and the and Tiger, just t- Tiger and Bubba would be great. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many different. You're see, you're going combustible. I was trying to go the other <laughs> way. I was trying to think about like what's the best. Uh, but yeah, okay, let's let's keep it moving here. Um, yeah, Ricky Fowl, and then mm, we're we're gonna be breaking down your predictions for all the majors later yeah let's let's save the fowler okay let's save the fowler okay. so let's just say that how about how about this fowler wins a major you feel pretty yeah. good yeah and that's and that is um what do you think is going to be the the ultimate difference because one of those things that i felt like in our uh year of ta- having this podcast together we've talked about fowler and we've sort of identified him as this player who statistically and shot to shot is among the best in golf right now, but then there has been some of those 
um, you know, whatever that extra it factor is, do you think that it's a change in Fowler's game or do you think it's just ultimately the probabilities that if he just continues this form that eventually that Saturday or Sunday is going to come together where the rest of the field falls that way, he catches the right rolls, the right breaks, uh, and then finally ends up as a major champion? I think the latter. I, I mean, I'm pretty firmly on record as saying that I don't think Fowler will win. Uh, well, I don't know if I've actually said this, but I, I am saying it right now. I don't think Fowler will win more than two majors, um, mostly because of what we talked about. I mean, Jordan Spieth runs into majors. Majors will have to run into Ricky Fowler. Right. Got it. And that's sort of and that's sort of the I mean. Yeah, you're just and, – and the thing about him is he, he's so consistent. And, and the thing I was impressed by at Augusta last year and, and a couple other majors last year is he didn't hit the ball very well. He was like uh, 38th on tour in, in strokes gained approach shots, which is not – it's not great. And it's not – especially for somebody of his caliber. But he has this really um, kind of innate ability to score – uh, it, it, and I would compare it to Spieth, but like a kind of like a middle class man Spieth. He, he's just able to score even when he uh, is kind of hitting it all over the place. Um, and so I think if he's playing in a in a major in a week where he's hitting it really well, I, I think he he'll just it'll just kind of run into him, you right. know. And so it's not yeah, going to be a ch- it's not going to be a change in the profile uh, that we've sort of assigned to him for right now. It's going to be more of the fact that if you continue to play, like it's just the odds are at some point the like I love the way that you just put it. The the tournament's just going to run into or maybe even fall to him. Yeah, totally. And we saw it at the. I don't think it'll be like this, but we saw it at the Hero World Challenge, and that I think that's what led to this conversation. Is you just go shoot a sixty-one on a Sunday, and it's not. He wasn't like doing anything different. Like he wasn't shaping his game differently to win the Hero World Challenge. He just shot a sixty-one on a Sunday, <laughs> and that's sort of and that's sort of how he wins these tournaments. And uh, I know that. It, it probably doesn't make sense the way that I'm saying it, but I think you sort of understand where I'm coming from. A hundred percent. Well, then let's take it to uh, the other player, uh, the player who, who cha- like, instead of the, the tournament breaking to him, he is the one who's always able to wrangle them. You have Jordan Spieth as one of your predictions um, as a major winner. The, to, to, co- to get it would be his fourth. And... Yeah. That would, especially when you pair it with the season that he had uh, winning the Open Championship last year, if he gets another one, you know, it, it's only going to change our, like, it's only going to heighten our expectations and change our taste buds to the point where we are going to start expecting it every single time he gets on the golf course. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think we're kind of already there with Augusta, right? Yeah, I mean, with, yeah with, absolutely. With what our expectations are of him there. And and for him to get four at the age of 24, I think he turns 25 before the PGA, um, to tie Rory, presumably, would be, I mean, that's that's crazy. And I think I think some people, I think most people are aware of, of Spieth's trajectory as, as an all-timer. Um, but I think some people are still sort of like in that tiger haze from the early 2000s and not really understanding what Spieth is doing three majors before you turn 24 is it doesn't happen. I think only it's tiger and Jack, right? 
Yeah, I think so. I think that's the stat. I, I'd, I'd have to scroll through Justin Ray's Twitter feed for about an hour to find it. But um, <laughs> Shout out Justin Ray. Yeah, he's the best. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's... It's an all it's it's an all time trajectory. He's 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 his trajectory is to be one of the fifteen best players ever. I mean, it's crazy, and and I still don't think we're. I would we give it ten. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, yeah, it's up there, and I still don't think we give it the attention that that uh, it deserves. Are you um, expecting anything particularly different? Um, from like, where would you say if, if we zoom out and sort of look at, uh, 2016 to 2017 to 2018, how would you, would you, do you think that Jordan Spieth, the golfer has been the same Jordan Spieth throughout that run? No, he's been completely different. 2000, uh, 2016, he was a great putter and a poor ball striker. And 2017, he was the best ball striker in the world and a pretty good putter. And so I'm curious to see in 2018 where he lands on those two planes. Is he, is he the best ball striker in the world? Is he going to finish number one in strokes gain on approach shots again in 2018? Uh, I, I don't think he is. I think it's probably Dustin Johnson or maybe even somebody like a Justin Rose. But if he can maintain that top five, top ten uh, in terms of approach shots, and I think he will, then it, it's it's almost hard to not be good if if you're in that top five top ten range. So I think that there's still the misconception that oh he's just a great putter and he is a good putter and he's a, he's really good at big events. But the reason Jordan Spieth is great is because of his ball striking. Yeah. And, and so I, I'm curious to see where he lands on that this year. You've got uh, a a double a two superstars. Um, the, the prediction that they're essentially going to be going on the escalators in opposite directions in the mall. Uh, you've got Rory McIlroy taking a step forward, or as you said, recovering. You got Brooks Kepka sliding or taking a step back. Um, where's, we'll start on the, the latter part of that. So where on, where in Kepka's game or where in Kepka's career trajectory, uh, is sort of inspiring this bold prediction? Yeah, for me with Kepka, you know, I, I was looking at his numbers from 2017, and it, I, I just I feel like his world golf ranking is kind of overinflated. He only won one time. That was a big one. It was the one you want to win. It was the U.S. Open, but and and he was fairly consistent throughout. But his statistics were kind of odd to me. He was, I think, 27th or 28th in strokes gained on approach shots, and really high up in short game and putting. Now. Bruce Kepio might be a top 10 putter in the world. I, I don't know, but it seems like that's harder to s- sustain, excuse me, than, um, than being a great iron player. And, and we think of him as a great ball striker, a great iron player. And he just, I don't know. He didn't, he didn't show that as much as I would have liked, uh, in 2017. So I don't know. We'll see, uh, his, his wrist is injured right now. He said that after a while when he finished, in last, I think he finished 37 strokes behind Dustin Johnson. But uh, again, he has a kind of a mystery injury to his wrist. So hopefully he gets better. Hopefully he doesn't slide. The U.S. could could use a red hot Brooks Kepka at the Ryder Cup. But I just think that based on the way he played in 2017, I think we might see him slip a little into the 20s or 30s in the world rankings. And we've got uh, you know an aspect to looking at Brooks Kepka and his success on the PGA Tour. Um, even I think. 
you know, some of his own quotes have hinted at the fact that it's like, yeah, sometimes, um, you know, it's it, mentally he's he's one that's going to get fired up for the big tournaments. You know, he did it at the U.S. Yeah. Open, did it at the Ryder Cup. But like, you, if if he doesn't have it, uh, you know, based again based on his personality and his own comments on his game and, and the way he approaches playing as a professional, it wouldn't be surprising if uh, we see him, you know, just kind of good in in a good but not great situation and without major success or you know. Uh, president, I mean, President's Cup. Without it, you know, good international team success, all of a sudden we're we're looking back at the end of the year and we're like, huh, what happened to Brooks Kepka this year? Yeah, that's a great point about him maybe not necessarily caring as much about the non-majors because you look at somebody like Matt Kuchar who hasn't won in a long time and yet he's still in the top 20 in the world because he cares about finishing in the top 10 at the Byron Nelson at the RBC Heritage. And I just don't think Brooks Kepka is wired like that. So it's, it's sort of feast or famine with him. He's either going to you know, finish top five in a major and be really high in the world rankings, or he's going to miss the cut at a major and be really low. I, I don't think we're going to see him kind of exist in that Matt Kuchar, like 20th in the world golf rankings range. On the other side of it, uh, of course, uh, a, a Rory recovery in 2018. And, and I'm, I'm here for it. Cause again, as I said earlier, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm a fan of the viewing and the rooting experience and, uh, if if we can get Rory uh, at the the top of his game, particularly given uh, the way that the the golf landscape is is shaping up for the 2018 season, I, I mean it would just be candy. I mean it would be so much fun. Yeah, you know where where are you looking at um, in terms? I'll, I'll say same thing for him. You know where what do you think changes and what do you think is the you know the most obvious difference um, as this recovery happens if your prediction comes true. Well, for me, it's 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 always. I think I wrote this. It's always easy to get there in my mind with Rory because his fixes are not drastic. It's being seventy fifth in the world in putting, or on on the PGA Tour, or sixtieth, or whatever. If you if if Rory if, Rory if, he, if Rory he's 60th, an average putter, he's winning golf tournaments. Yeah, if he's sixtieth in putting, he's going to win three times, yeah. and it's it's finishing. 80th uh, from 125 to 175 yards, whereas last year he's like 180th, you know. And so the fixes are they might be drastic in terms of um, how many spots he's jumping in those statistical categories, but they're not drastic in terms of we've seen it with him before and you're just getting to being average on the PJ Tour in two categories where you should be average. I mean, you're, you're one of the five best golfers in the world. You should be at least average in those categories. So it's it's just so easy to get there in my mind with him. And if he does that, then uh, – and, and the other thing, he's going to play a lot this year. So I was basing this sort of on world ranking points. He's going to play a ton leading up to the Masters and, and even a little bit, uh, I think, beyond that. Uh, so I, I just think that you're going to see him rack up a lot of top tens, maybe some wins, and and get back into that top six or seven in the world. Um, shout out to Sean Martin because Patrick Cantlay is making an appearance in the bold <laughs> predictions. Um, all right, I I like this though because as you said in the post, you you th- had this same feeling about Justin Thomas, and you know the the golfer. You know the the trajectory of um, young golfers as they as they progress. You know, it's it is 
it is an art, not a science. You know, everyone's on a little bit of a different calendar, but this feels like one of those, um, you know, from me coming from the, the football world where you're like, okay, well, this is, you know, these are the things that we see that indicate, for example, a quarterback is going to be making a jump, you know, from their sophomore to junior, junior, senior year, uh, or a freshman to sophomore, if we're talking about Tua Tagovailoa. Um, so <laughs> what about Patrick Cantlay? You know, where, where are you seeing this come together for him, uh, a player who you've been really, really excited about for some time now? Well, for by the way, for Bryson DeChambeau, it's an art and a science, so... Uh, I, I don't, you, you might've got that one wrong. Sorry. My kids are interrupting me right now. Okay. I'll be in there. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, I'm, I'm glad um, that yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're, they're holding your feet to the fire on these Patrick Cantlay takes too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My son is, he's all in on the, on the Patrick Cantlay train, but <laughs> You know, I, I feel I was a little bit, I think, behind the curve with with uh, Cantlay. Uh, there were other people, uh, Andy over at the Fried Egg, that were all in. I, I saw, and, and obviously Sean Martin. I think Sean Martin's been predicting he'd be number one in the world since he was like six years old. But <laughs> those, you know, those California kids. But with Cantlay, it's pretty easy. It's just ball. I mean, it's it's tee to green. He was, I think, twelfth or eleventh on the PGA Tour in in tee to green last year. And you look at the top 12 in strokes gained tee to green. I know I keep referencing stroke, strokes gained. I, I think that strokes gained are the most important stats, the ones that tell the, the kind of the clearest story when you look at each individual category. But you look at the top 12, they're just they're superstars. I mean, it's, it's the Rory's, it's the Roms, it's the DJ's, it's the Spieth's, it's the Fowler's, it's the Justin Rose's, and Cantley's right there. And another guy that I have in my predictions, Tony Finau is right there as well. So... I sort of look at those and say, well, those are guys that they didn't get into all the majors last year just because Cantley started out the year last year at like 1,800th in the world. I mean, he was just, he was so far down in the world rankings that he couldn't get into some of the majors. Tony Finau didn't play the Masters, didn't play the U.S. Open. And so I'm looking at guys that are really good from tee to green that are going to get in more tournaments this year now that they're in the top 50. And I think they'll play well at those tournaments and, and sort of move closer and closer into that top 20, top 10 in the world. And uh, and also, isn't it Jordan Spieth is all in on Patrick Cantlay too? Yeah, Spieth during the playoffs last year predicted that Cantlay would be a... Uh, I, I, he sort of hedged it a little bit. Like He didn't say uh, Cantlay will be a top 10 player, but he said something like he's has the potential to be a top 10 player or something like that. And, you know, Spieth is a guy that they, they've obviously came up together, him and, and uh, Cantlay and Thomas. So they know each other's games pretty well. And I, I don't think Spieth would just say that about, you know, anybody just kind of offhand about, about whoever. Um, and you, you mentioned Tony Finau that gets us into this weekend's championship, uh, the second leg of the Hawaii run, the Sony open. Uh, so you, you've made a, you've made a bold prediction that Tony Finau wins. Is that like one win or are you thinking that Tony Finau will get multiple wins? Uh, I could see multiple. I am all in. I am my, my, my chips are in the middle of the table. What Finau did last year, I think he had like eight or nine top. Uh, I need to look that up. I, I don't want to speak out of hand. He had a bunch of top tens. He had a bunch of top 25s. I don't, I think he's made his last 17 cuts in a row, something like that. So 
he is somebody who's clearly figured out what it takes to get to the weekend to to finish high up. Now he's just got to he's just got to close. And I I've said this before. I always go back to something Matt Kuchar said like four years ago. Ten year learning curve on the PGA Tour. Tony Finau's in year I don't know three or four uh, in terms of having his PGA Tour card, and he's figuring it out. And with the way he hits it and his length off the tee, I, I just I, I see no reason why he couldn't win uh, at least once, if not multiple times this year. Um, eight top tens, finished number 11 on the PGA Tour in strokes gained, and played yeah, well at the I mean, Safeway Open. Uh, and you've also got that, him on the Ryder Cup. Yeah, I know. I got I got carried away. <laughs> <laughs> That's one where you just, you were so lost in the sauce of Tony Finau yeah. that you were like, ah, Andy's going to make the Ryder Cup. That was just the icing well, on the cake there. My my big regret with the Ryder Cup predictions, I had I had uh, my kind of three wild cards uh, were Tiger, <laughs> which is crazy, uh, Cantlay and Finau. And my my big regret with that is not taking one of them out and putting uh, either Daniel Berger or Brian Harmon or both of them on there because Harmon's at least started out like he's wants to or is you know going to be on that team obviously it's only one tournament but uh he's he's playing really well and if he keeps keeps up what he did at the tournament champions all year he's going to be right there and he's already he's in the top 10 right now if if the Ryder Cup was decided today he would be in and then the other one is Daniel Berger I, I just I don't I like his swing I think it's I think he's fun I don't always love his game um I, I don't know. He, I, I don't know what it is about it, but uh, I left him out, and I think he's probably going to be in, whether by captain's pick or on points. Would you have? Would you and Daniel Berger have been friends if you were in the same high school graduating class? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think I would I think, either. I think Daniel Berger operates at a different um, confidence level than Kyle Porter does. <laughs> um. All right, and uh, I'm not even gonna. I don't even want to dive into you predicting Europe narrowly winning the Ryder Cup. I just hope that's you trying to go ahead and set the jinx. Yeah, well, I'm just being the contrarian. Yeah, I just it's it's the opposite of my Tiger. You know, everybody's saying be patient with Tiger, and then everybody's saying, oh, Ryder Cup's over. America's definitely gonna win. And uh, I don't know. I mean, we're we're a long way out. I, I understand that JT and Spieth and DJ thing, but. Uh, it's in Europe. Uh, it's it, the U S obviously hasn't won there since the, before JT and Spieth were born. Um, now I, I know that's only been like five or four or five Ryder cups, but it's, I just don't think it's the foregone conclusion that, that, uh, some people have, have opined. Um, all right. So this weekend, Sony open in Honolulu, we've got Spieth, we've got JT, we got the big game hunter, Mark Leishman, Brian Harmon, as you just mentioned, who played well, uh, Daniel Berger, Tony Finau. Um, where where are you looking this weekend? Uh, where, what are you feeling confident about or excited about for the Sony Open? I'm feeling confident that Charles Howe is going to finish in the top 10. Chucky three sticks! Yeah. he's. I read this on, uh, I think it's on PGHR.com. He's number three all time in Sony Open uh, career earnings. What? And he's never won what? there. What? It's 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 crazy. He's finished in the top ten nine times in sixteen appearances. Uh, Charles Howe owns the Sony Open, and yet he's never won it. Yeah, and, uh, so, and like it's uh, it's like Fabian Gomez and Jimmy Walker are out here winning it. Fabian, I, I was uh, I was doing my my picks and I was kind of researching, 
And I, I literally laughed out loud when I saw that Fabian <laughs> Gomez won the uh, won the 2016 Sony Open. Uh, it, it, <laughs> I just I thought that Zach Blair had won it just because he hit that shot on 18, where he said, "Oh my gosh, that's so good." Do you remember that? <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to go back and watch it again. It's been a while. You need to pull it up on YouTube. He hits the shot into 18. I think it was in, I think it was on 18. Uh, I think he was playing in the group maybe ahead of Gomez or something like that. And the, it was a three wood and, and the camera just picks him up. He, he, he just flushed it and he goes, Oh my gosh, that's so good. That's so good. <laughs> uh, in the words of Brett Bielema, borderline erotic. Oh, it was awesome. Um, all right. So who's your winner pick? Well, I got Finau. Um, it was more of just like a, feel pick he he hasn't had a ton of history on that course and that course is not really one that you would envision him winning at I mean you look at the last uh few winners and it's been it's been Russell Henley it's been Jimmy Walker it's been JT guys with with good short games Finau's short game isn't terrible but it's not it's not at like the Jimmy Walker and uh um, and Russell Henley level so but I don't know I mean JT obviously just bombs away last year uh 27 under so you can see a long guy winning it but it, it just he, he has to be really sharp with his short game um so I'm, I'm confident that he'll be in contention whether or not he wins i don't know we'll see it, it was i don't know it's a fun pick at 33 to 1 i feel like what do we uh what are we expecting from spieth and jt well jt didn't play that great at tournament of champions i think he finished 29th or 30th something like that um He's got bones on the bag this week. Right. We haven't talked about that. Yeah. So um, is that is that going to be one of the like – because bones is on the bag. He's That's going to – I mean, that is, I'm sure, a contract that's signed for the whole season, right? No. No. It's just the next few tournaments. So his his caddy, uh, Jimmy Johnson, is out with uh, a foot injury Ooh. Uh, for like the next month or something. And so bones will caddy for him here and then – uh, maybe one or two others. I, I I don't know. I don't I don't think anything has been set in stone. But it's kind of a, kind of a fun sidebar. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think with Spieth and JT, you were you were the guys, and and I think this is, and I think they think this as well. But you're the guys that are carrying the the tour. Like you are the guys. You're the guys in the TV promos. You're the guys when uh, a tournament when you commit to a tournament, they put your face on the on the. Uh, you know, the, uh, poster or the, uh, signage on the highway. What's the billboard on the billboard? They put your, they put your face on the billboard. And so you're expected to at least make the cut. Uh, and if not contend for, for, to win. And I think that Spieth has, has gotten there. JT has talked about how he, he hasn't gotten there. He, he was, at times, even though he won so much last year, he was a little bit inconsistent in terms of making cuts. And I think he wants to get better th- at that. I don't think it's necessary, really, for him to get uh, better at that to, to win. I think he's. I think his A game is just he just wins. Uh, I don't think he necessarily needs to be more consistent, but I think he feels the pressure of, hey, you're the main event. You need to make it to the weekend and, and give people a show. And I think that's a real thing. And I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, specifically with him throughout 2018. I could see that Spieth has started to feel it and recognize it um, already. It's fascinating to think, you know, with the with the incredible run that Justin Thomas had, that how quickly you could be thrust into that position. And it makes me yeah. not 
I don't know, is sympathetic or empathetic the right word? But it, it makes me feel, not feel, or, you know, I'm not going to cut any slack for the top, uh, you know, golfers in the world. But at the same time, I, I can almost understand how that weight is new and learning how to manage and cope with that is, is a new part of uh, developing your understanding for superstardom. Yeah, totally. I, th- I think it's sympathetic. I think empathetic is if you've been in that position before. Oh, of course. So. Well, as we know, you know, really carrying the weight for uh, as, as the face <laughs> as the face of CBS Sports. And it's it's not Jim Nance. No, it's not. It's it's not Gary Danielson. Uh, it's always been me. And I've, I've learned yeah, how to you. deal with that. It's you and Tony Romo. Um, no, I think that's right. And, and I think that I think the one thing about JT, I think some guy shy away from it they don't they don't want that necessarily they just want to go play golf I think JT sort of embraces it as much as anyone can I think he understands why it is that way that it's a it's a business not only for him but on a on the grander scale of the PGA Tour and I think he gets that and and I think because he was raised the way he was with his dad being a PGA pro and all that stuff I, I just think he sort of fundamentally understands the way professional golf works better than most people. So is that going to help him win five times again this year? No, but I, I think it, um, sort of takes some of that burden off of being the number three or four player in the world and having to, uh, to be the headliner week in and week out. All right. So you've got Tony Finau as your winner. You've got Chucky three sticks, Charles Howell as your, uh, top 10 lock. Uh, who's your sleeper in this field? I got, I got, uh, Duff daddy. Mm. The the he wore a uh, notorious big hat at uh, at the tournament of champions last week. Did you see this? I I saw it in your uh, post, and so now I'm I'm gonna have to go search it after. Uh, <laughs> it was it was incredible. Uh, I mean, you noted hip hop connoisseur Jason Duffner. <laughs> yeah, really bringing he, uh, it. He's, he he was forty to one this week. I I don't really get that. Um, like I said, you. The last few champs have been really good with their short games. He's not necessarily known to be great with the short game, but he hit it pretty well at at uh, at Kapalua. So I, I feel like a flyer at forty to one on Jason Duffner is is a pretty good uh, pretty good deal right now. Pretty good value. He is Kyle Porter. You can follow him at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, it is great to be back. We'll uh, yeah, we'll get back and and we'll get into the the major by major predictions. Uh, along yep. with uh, some of your others here in the next little bit. As always, hit us up if you got any questions or if you got anything you want to hear on the show. Um, we're back and rolling, baby. The PGA Tour is back. College football is over. Um, and now we'll just do another 11 and a half months of this, uh, <laughs> of this run. Uh, appreciate it, Kyle. Okay, talk to you later, Chip. <laughs>